Well, hello there, people. Welcome back to the Honeymoon Homeschooling the Kids podcast. My name is Ronan. My mother is the host of this podcast, Robin Robertson. And yeah, so before we introduce our guest, we are going to do a special shout out to one of our patrons. Our shout out is to Lori Roy. Thank you so much, Lori, for supporting the podcast and helping us. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Lori Roy actually happens to be an old friend, dear, very close friend of mine, and I'm really grateful for her support, and our family is as well. So if you have had value from the show and you would also like to support the show, you can do so through Patreon as well. You can go to patreon.com slash honey, I'm homeschooling the kids to become a patron. And if Patreon isn't really your jam, if it's not your thing, you can also help support the show by leaving a review because that actually really does help. Leave a review on iTunes and that helps the show to be seen, heard, and noticed. Okay, guest time. Guest time, yeah. Okay, so our guest today is Amanda Kermy. And actually, I met Amanda Kermy when we were in Australia. Mm -hmm. She's really nice and we had breakfast with her and it was really great. And... Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did. Amanda Kermy is actually our guest on this show, on the special series, Look for the Helpers. This episode is part of that special series for our COVID time. And I asked Amanda to come on the show, yes, during quarantine time, although that's starting to slowly come to an end for some people around the world. Not everyone, but for some. I asked Amanda to come on because she has a great viewpoint when it comes to holistic healing. And I wanted to hear her viewpoint and her expertise and her calm that she brings. She has a background in yoga, meditation, and holistic healing when it comes to supporting mothers in particular. So she uses these tools to help support mothers on the task of birthing, caring, supporting, and raising children, and building a stronger self and supporting self-care, which she finds very important. So I love talking with Amanda. I hope you do as well. And that is why she is on this episode. Yes, I hope you like talking with Amanda too. <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. what I mean. Yes, I do. <laughs> Enjoy the episode. So today I am very excited because I actually have a friend of mine who is joining me on the show and she's joining me all the way from Australia. Amanda Kermy, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Amanda is a mother of three beams of energy and resides on the east coast of Australia. Their family is an unschooling family moving through life as gently and consciously as they can together. She loves supporting and diving deep into a gentle approach towards education and sees herself as a facilitator rather than a teacher, aiming to hold space for the children to lead the way and develop through self-directed learning. Through the process of choosing to home educate, it has also sparked a journey of deep self-exploration, healing, and tapping into her own creative power. Amanda also teaches yoga and meditation and holds space for women to go on that journey with themselves to tap into their truest, most authentic power, finding inner peace and clarity through her mentorship program. She is also currently studying to become a yoga therapist and Ayurvedic postpartum doula. She is passionate about creating community, especially for women and mothers, and believes the way we parent can create deep and emotional and social change. 
Amanda loves spending loads of time in nature with her family, creating, studying, cooking, and gardening, practicing yoga, and considers herself to forever be a student in this lifetime. Thank you. Here, here. Thank you. <laughs> There's lots going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is. As student of life, I think that's why you and I are kindred spirits in so many ways. Absolutely. Always seeking um, some knowledge. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. Yes. So I actually have you as a special guest because you are part of the series on the theme Look for the Helpers. So the series I've created for this time in COVID, because things are a little bit, um, I don't know, you can, depending on the words you want to use, uncertain, turned upside down, different. Um, some people are feeling a little bit isolated. Some are feeling overwhelmed. But the series comes from the Mr. Rogers quote, to look for the helpers, because when you look for help- helpers during a time of need or even disaster, when you see those helpers, you know that there is always hope. And I wanted to uh, have you on to share and to be a helper because I think that you bring a unique and um, wholesome and creative perspective to all of this as well through the way that you live your life and also what you practice in your life and the work that you do. So uh, thank you very much for agreeing to come on (laughs) because I know us trying to arrange our times is hard. (laughs) No, it's fantastic. And I think, um, yeah, it is, it's some crazy times at the moment um, for a lot of us navigating really new uh, situations. And um, I think, you know, having a community like this is so important to um, be able to learn and grow. So thank you for having me on. (laughs) My pleasure. So maybe if you can begin telling us a little bit about yourself and your family and through the lens of some of the guiding beliefs that guides your family practices and that guides you and how these impact your your daily life or your family life. Yeah, so um, I'm a mother to three children. I'm still... um... Uh, my kids are quite young. Um, my son is eight, my daughter's five, and I've got a little 10-month-old um, baby as well. Um, and we've been uh, on this unschooling journey for uh, the kids have never been to school at this point in time. Um, and I guess I guess what sort of sparked this uh, lifestyle um, is that at the core I believe, um, you know, given time and space to explore ourselves, we all have the potential for greatness. And, you know, I know in my own personal journey that um, sometimes I, I didn't always fit into the time frames or, you know, into the models that sort of society um, had set out for me and, tried to rush through things or it took me a bit longer to get through things and so I wanted to give our children the opportunity to have that time and space to explore all the things um, that light them up and and even the things that don't I guess to then be able just to really ground deep and um, go with their passions and their interests I guess Um, and, yeah, I think that we're all here for like a really, um, really intentionally and that, you know, when we kind of do have um, 
a setting where we can grow um, and not feel pressured or or stressed or worried about meeting others' expectations, um, there is the potential for greatness. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there is. So, but maybe you can explain a little bit about that because I think some, you know, there is the school of thought in some ways that you have to have the pressure. You should be living up to these certain expectations because have these high goals to push you farther and to compare yourself against others so that you will do more, be faster, be better, be stronger. Mm, What are your thoughts on this? I think um, we definitely live in a in a society that um, praises productivity and overachieving and um, doing as much as we can in <laughs> the littlest amount of time. Um, but I guess it's for me. I definitely know within that framework. For me, I experienced a lot of anxiety and depression um, in my younger years because I couldn't. I couldn't be that person who. Um, could mold to that sort of um, framework and actually that framework instead of boosting me it actually depleted me and I really was very I guess when I entered into motherhood um, I really really um, was very mindful about putting that type of pressure on uh, my children um, because I, I didn't want them to have that experience. And I think, you know, there is always going to be pressure in life and we need to learn to cope with it. But I also think that we need to um, learn that in baby steps. And I, I, I guess as well when you start that unschooling journey and when you see that process start to unfold, at first it feels really scary to sort of put all this trust in children because we're sort of taught and um, that, you know, we're the parents and they're the children and we should tell them what to do and set the limits and the boundaries. But when you kind of lean into that trust a little bit and, you know, I'm sure that you've seen this with your children as well, that they really are just so um, eager to learn and they want to kind of do so many things and, um, you know, it's not like I think um, that worry of, you know, are they going to do anything at all? Are they going to be bored? You know, I think that they have this capacity and I think humans are naturally curious and inquisitive and creative and, you know, they just kind of go into these projects and start looking and and delving into um, all these little areas. Like they take you on a journey and it's quite inspiring actually. You actually realise that once you put a little bit of trust into um, their their spirits and their soul um, that they are kind of figuring out who they are and how they need to be and they're actually very productive I find I'm sometimes too productive I've got to rein them in a bit <laughs> like okay we can only do so much in one day you know um, and I think that there is this narrative around children kind of and teenagers being lazy and you know you have to push them but I, I just from my experience I don't really believe that to be true. Like that's not the way um, and, and, you know, being in contact with a lot of homeschoolers and unschoolers, um, yeah, I don't see that kind of playing out in the real time. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting as well because it's, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of how to word it because, 
I mean, on this podcast and and creating community and surrounding myself with more homeschoolers or unschoolers or self-directed learners, um, you, you get into this groove where you know you feel because because you want to surround yourself with like-minded people as well, and and that it is you see the natural process of things and how it works. But then there's sometimes when you go out and it's a little bit of that, you know, there's that difference of, you know, really so much of how we live our life is not, you're right, it's not conditioned to be that way, that our, you know, we should not trust our kids because parents know better. We need to be the authority figures who are checking them every step of the way, always telling them what to do because if they have free time, they'll waste it. They'll be up to no good. They'll get into trouble. They need us to teach them and tell them things in order for them to grow into good, productive adults. Yeah, I, I think it seems um, like it's so different, right? <laughs> yeah, it is, and I think as well a lot of this um, kind of uh, paradigm, I guess, of education is, it sort of stems a lot from fear in a way because you know we all want what's best for our children, like we want them to have good lives and um, you know to experience as much as they can. But, you know, sometimes I think trying to control, you know, the subjects they choose, their life path, um, all of these things is more about the fear that maybe we're not providing enough or we're not enough, you know, to support Mm -hmm. them in that. And, you know, when we can kind of drop down from that fear and actually just really look at the child that's in front of us and um, just be able to support them, you know, I really... I know with my children as well, kind of this whole journey of unschooling, and it is a journey because at each phase and each age and each child is so, so different um, and you're constantly learning and growing um, as the family kind of dynamic is always changing. Um, but when I I think the, the times that, you know, I see my children flourishing the most is actually when I can just be there and, you know, see them and just hold space for them to kind of do and be what they need to to do and be, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and not try to, you know, I mean, sometimes I'll gently um, encourage or suggest things, you know, but if they ultimately, you know, are going to refuse it, you know, I have to check what is my motivation behind that? Is that because I want them to do something to make me feel like they are learning (laughs) and make myself feel better? Or is it because, um, you know, it's, it's really in their best interest and it's, it's, it's that constant balance of sort of, um, checking in. And I think as well with education, I guess each, family and um has to define what an education really is for them you know that might look really different for everybody um for some people that academic um sort of that strong academic um foundation is really really you know what they've grown up with and what they believe is the right way and you know that I don't think there is a right or wrong way I guess it's different for every family dynamic but I know within our family um you know, I believe an education is something, it's really broad and, and for each person it's, it's so different, you know, and I don't think you can really um, define 
you know, what it is a child is learning, you know, I can't get into their heads and say this is soaked in and they completely learnt and 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 understand it completely. I'll never really know. Like some things are going to land and some things are going to stay and some things are going to go and that's okay. But I think, you know, defining what education is, you know, for us, um, you know, learning about the land, learning about the people, learning about nature and the natural processes and our relationship to all of that is really a huge part of our education, you know. Um, and, you know, each parent is going to um, have different things that, you know, that, that, that are going to feel really strongly aligned for their family that they want to pass on to their children. And so that's going to inform the way that they educate them, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, for you as well, speaking, you know, speaking along those lines, especially when we as parents bring a lot of our own personal influences into the life as well. um, For you, you have your, your practices and your teachings in, you know, yoga and holistic care and meditation how do those come into your learning environment or do they at all? Do, are they incorporated into that? Do you keep that separate or how, what does that look like for you and your family? Um, I think that very much they come into play. The kids very much see me practicing yoga and meditation. I, I believe, you know, as a parent, I can sit there and I can get out a book and I can tell them, okay, this is what meditation is good for and you should do this because (laughs) it's the right thing to do um but I I, you know um but I I really believe and I think that this is the evolution of 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 my journey in motherhood is that I have to show up and practice and be the embodiment of what it is that I want my children to um to to go on to be I guess as well and, and 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 take further I guess um, so I always believe to sort of show up in front of them as authentically as I can, you know, and, um, yoga, I think teaching them about mental health and awareness and emotions, like all of these things, life is always going to throw us different curveballs, and we need to have tools to be able to navigate those spaces. And, you know, so the kids always seem to practicing, um, and, uh, you know, see me, um, living as um, a yogic lifestyle as I can. Um, and I guess as well they have shown interest in like learning yoga a little bit, um, but I think they, they show that interest because I'm interested in it, so um, not necessarily because it's their life path, which is completely fine as well. But I also think the main way in which it serves um, myself and my family is that, you know, as a home educator, you're in relationship 24-7 with your your children Um, and it's a big big call, you know, to hold that space and to be guiding children through emotions and, um, you know, all that home education sort of encompasses, you know, learning and trying new things and I think as the person who is, you know, helping them through that, I need to be as grounded as I can in myself and I need to make myself 
care a priority and to look after myself and show that to them so that I can serve them in the best way that I can you know because if I'm feeling anxious or depressed that energy definitely ripples out into the whole family dynamic and no learning is really taking place (laughs) Um, and I think when I can be kind of centered and grounded no matter what the things that are coming up um, with the children I can be able to kind of be the best support that I can for them. So I think that's the way that it really has helped me. Um, And like I mentioned before, you know, anxiety and depression has been something that has been sort of in and out of my life um, since early years. And um, I guess when I became a mother, it sort of uh, exacerbated my anxiety a lot in those early new mother days um and so that sort of sent me on that journey to how can I how can I find ways to overcome this and just to deal with this on a daily basis and yoga and meditation have been a part of that journey for me Mm. is is that why you first got into yoga and meditation yeah, definitely. So um, when I was in my teen years, uh, my mum had taken me to some yoga classes because I was uh, sort of suffering with those, uh, with that anxiety and depression. And then throughout my life, um, you know, I'd sort of tap in and out of it. Um, and then I'd be like, yeah, I feel really good. So I'll stop doing it now. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I'd hit another bumpy point. Um, and you know, it it always kept calling me back, but I didn't have sort of that dedication to it for a long time. And then after I had my daughter, I was just really, I'd hit a point of um, my anxiety was really heightened and I was really quite exhausted. Um, And I just thought, I just felt this real call to make changes in my life. And um, I then started practicing uh, really daily every day and started really committing to the to the practice and then I did um, some teacher training but I never intended to be a yoga teacher (laughs) it was funny Um, and then it just sort of like opened up after that and yeah it sort of feels like it it called me in a way Um, and I guess I'm a big believer that the experiences that we have in life, um, you know, they happen, they happen for us, you know, um, you know, they do happen to us, but they happen for us and they're an invitation for us to explore parts of ourselves. And even sometimes going through that hardship or going through, um, times of distress, like we're in now, as much as, you know, we can get caught up in that sort of narrative of being, um, stuck we can, it's also an invitation to try something new and to change and to evolve you know and I actually looking in like back on my life all the points where I've hit that feeling of feeling stuck or um, discomfort have been a portal into creating really big waves of change in my life and and for my family you know um, that's also how sort of unschooling came about and um, just learning to sort of, you know, I guess there's that saying, if you change nothing, nothing changes, to sort of trust right. the change a little bit and learn to flow with it rather than push up against it. <laughs> right, right. 
And so then for did you because I actually don't know how you got into discovered unschooling and and chose that. Was that in combination with in a partnership when you really started getting into your yoga practice and involving more with yoga or was that before or after or how did that begin for your family? Yeah, it sort of um, did all happen around that time. I think um, I I had started looking into um, uh, like just education for my son as he was sort of getting closer to that um, schooling age and I just remember going to a couple of schools uh, and thinking like this just did not feel like right for 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 our family really I guess I don't know just it just did not feel like the environment that I wanted to leave my child in every day and and I mean that with no sort of um um judgment on 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 schools it just didn't feel aligned for us personally um because I, I also think that there's versions of schools that are really amazing um but it was sort of came about because um, we were planning to travel full time. Um, and then I'd looked into like how we would educate him. And, um, I sort of came across, you know, following lots of world schoolers and unschoolers online. And I just thought, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, cool. And, you know, I guess it felt like this natural progression of, you know, my children were with me and they would continue to be with me and that I was their guide, um, you know, and then um, it sort of coincided with me doing my yoga teacher training and I think that sort of gave me the confidence to take that step into um, owning it as a mother, like to to be the primary um, carer. Um, and my husband's really hands-on with the kids as well, but he's away at work um, a lot as well. So, but for me to step into that and go, yeah, I'm going to try this and I'm going to commit to this. And, you know, I thought the worst thing that could happen was we'd end up at at school if it didn't work out, you know, but I was really open to the, to the journey. And as soon as we started, like, even despite all the little bumps that you sort of hit in the road, because like everything, it's not just smooth sailing and easy, you know, it's easy sometimes I think to look on Instagram or, you know, online and see people, doing things that you think look so perfect and easy (laughs) and wonderful and then hold yourself to try to recreate that and then you realize oh um, it's not as smooth sailing but I think um, despite all of that you know it's just such a beautiful way to live Um, and I just feel really blessed actually to have trusted that gut intuition to go with um unschooling and we were like unschoolers from the beginning there was no way for me I could (laughs) I could try to do um you know really structured learning and in saying that it's really funny because the children that I have like my son is actually really um he's a really what would be the way of describing him I guess he's an active learner like he really loves Um, academic learning Um, and so we do do a lot of structured things it's just not in a kind of framework of school we don't try to create school at home so um, yeah it's been a real blessing for our family Hmm. 
So I, one of the questions that I do get actually from, from listeners that are new to unschooling or even homeschooling or self-directed learning um, is, well, what does a day look like? And I, and I know it's, it's hard to answer because I think a day in a life looks very different for every family. Um, but if you could maybe talk about, and I, also I think don't think every day is a typical day because no things change. Some have some structure and it might look similar on some days, but maybe could you walk us through what a day looks like in your home? Yeah, it is. It's really varied, isn't it? Like, um, I guess one of the foundational sort of things that I've learned is more about um, creating rituals rather than routine. Um, Mm. So, you know, we always wake up and like, usually it starts with the kids jumping in my bed still. We're still in that kind of um, age where, you know, everyone jumps into the bed and we kind of like might have a little chat about you know, what we're going to do that day. And some days we might have some structured activities that like classes or things like that, that we might do. Um, And I usually start my day with journaling a little bit. So sometimes the kids might get some toys out and play on the floor and I'll like just write a few thoughts and feelings down in my journal. And we always have breakfast and kind of, I always feel like breakfast is our, it's one of my favorite times of the day because we're kind of all fluttering around the kitchen and we might chat about, you know, the kids might say, oh, today we want to go and build a fort or, you know, um, I want to do this science experiment or, and we just chat. And I think um, a huge part, a huge, huge, huge part of our uh, unschooling journey is talking and communication. You know, we just Mm, talk a lot and um, things just seem to flow and evolve from that. And, you know, I mean, if you, sit with any children for, you know, even 10 minutes, they have like a thousand questions. (laughs) And, you know, like it's usually how it starts. You know, my son will be like, you know, why why do uh, these characters in a book that he's been reading, why do they go to this city in China or something? And is that city real? And then we'll start jumping online and maybe um, having a look. And it just kind of, it's very... Um, natural I find you know when you're just living your life sometimes homeschooling looks like you know I might say to the kids before we're going to do the groceries okay you know you might have five dollars each to spend and they'll have to buy something that you know cost less than five dollars or two things and try to add it up themselves and pay for it themselves at the at the cash register and make sure they've got the right change and that might be the way we um, homeschool one day and um, a lot of it is being in community, spending time with our friends um, and, you know, kids learn so much um, off each other and off other families and, um, yeah, we do a lot of nature walking and going to the beach and spending a lot of time outside um, it looks different every day, but I think it's that's the beautiful thing. It's this thing that's constantly unfolding and you're learning to adapt and trusting yourself that no matter what sort of arises, um, you can facilitate that, you know, and we live in this amazing time where like just even having the internet, you have this world of information at your fingertips. And what I'm seeing with my son now, he's turning eight and 
he's actually more and more starting to find that information for himself. He'll be like, oh, I can just Google that or I can YouTube that or um, I can find a tutorial on that. And I'm like, oh, right, you know, and he he tells me things all the time and I'm just fascinated. I feel like the the roles are reversing very quickly. He's teaching right. me so much. <laughs> like uh, it's quite fascinating to to watch and it's a, it's a beautiful thing to be able to, witness them putting um, the pieces together themselves. It's really like watching magic because you just see when the penny drops with something that, you know, they're like, oh, I get this, you know. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's so inspiring for me actually. I feel like um, the kids have inspired my husband and I to really engage in learning that we feel very passionate about because, you know, when you see someone so engaged it's just infectious (laughs) right yeah it is it is so for those who are listening from another country because i'm happy that we actually have a broad range of listeners from all over the world um and if you don't haven't already guessed amanda's from australia if you're not (laughs) from australia living in australia where you're listening to this is there a very large homeschooling community or an unschooling community that you're able to connect with because you're in new south wales is where you are yes Um, what's that what's that situation like down so under. I think um, depending where you are, like obviously Australia is so huge. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. such a it big is, yeah. country. <laughs> and, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, where we live, we live on, on the coast and we're uh, very close to a lot of homeschooling activities and a big homeschooling hub. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got access to a lot of things uh, quite close to us. Um, but I guess we're also really happy to drive for the for the right things, you know, to travel um, for the right types of activities. Because I think when you first start homeschooling, sometimes you might think, oh, you know, I'm going to do all these things. And um, then I guess over time what we've found is like it's worth to spend the time diving deep into the things that we really, really like and like being a bit more selective with what we want to do and spend our time with. Um, And... I think, you know, there's a lot of country towns. So there are a lot of Australians, I imagine, that would be quite isolated and homeschooling as well because Mm. um, they might live in country towns and sort of away from main hubs of of homeschooling areas. But I I think the general feeling I get, the more um, sort of people I connect with is, um, like I know in New South Wales, in Queensland and in Victoria, there's a lot, um, some really big hubs of homeschooling within those areas. Um, and it's a growing uh, all the time. I think people are really uh, looking into alternative ways of educating their, their children because I think more than ever children are, uh, you know, being allowed to express their individuality and sometimes that doesn't fit within a traditional education system and so I think more and more parents are starting to look for uh, alternative ways to support their children Um, Mm. so I think it's growing all the time here Mm, okay okay Um, yeah yeah Australia is such a huge country it's it and depending where you are the situations are so different as well but it's also the beauty of the country too (laughs) yes it is it is I love I love Australia. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, so I also wanted to to ask you because of your background with yoga and meditation. Actually, first, do you have a particular style of yoga that you are more drawn to? Yeah. So, what I teach, I guess, is um, like a hatha style yoga, which is more of a traditional kind of yoga, I guess. Um, and within that sort of framework, I guess I teach like embodiment and somatic movement, mindfulness, meditation, like mantra. Um, yeah, that's sort of the style, I guess, of how I would express um, what I do teach. And, you know, there's a lot of philosophy I, I intertwine in, in what I teach because I feel uh, with the philosophy, I mean, that has helped me ground a lot in, in my own life. And I feel we're in a time in, in the world where I think we're really needing that spiritual sustenance, you know, and people, even if it is just for that one hour class a week, um, to connect with something greater and deeper, uh, is just, it's feeling like people are really needing that and wanting that right now. Um, and I feel really called to share that. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think it, many are reaching out. It's, it's, well, it's, it's interesting because I, before I think we were getting more disconnected with the busyness of our lives and, you know, we were kind of racing in this race. And now that we have had to slow down, um, I think many are seeing the power of connection and how the, you know, slowing down how, how and why we should be more connected. I think there's still many that still are disconnected though. Yeah. Um, even as much when they're in a room full of people or in a house full of people, there still is some kind of disconnection too. Absolutely. I think as well, you know, uh, what the world's been experiencing is this like this huge traumatic event, you know, and depending on what your history is and what's happened in your life, that trauma could also be triggering lots of other things um, going on within your family dynamics. So sometimes home isn't always the safest place for everybody, you know, um, and it's really important to sort of, um, I think be able to have that connection of knowing when to reach out for help and um, just knowing that there is help out there, whether that be in forms of, you know, tools like yoga and meditation or actually seeking professional help um, or mentorship or, um, you know, going with that outside of the family to receive help like, um yeah, I guess it's reaching out and asking for help and the importance of that when you, you know, and that doesn't necessarily have to be within their family or within the home space. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's important for our health and uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can ask you what tools do you practice uh, at home that are paths to recovery and health? Uh, sustenance or even connection that um, that you found really useful? So some things that I uh, find really useful, I think, you know, definitely as a um, mother home educating, you know, I, what I always say to my students as well is it's better to do a little bit of practice 
um, every day, then try to wait for that hour or, you know, um, that class that you want to do and seek out this like big portion of time. It's better to create little rituals of like five or 10 minutes that you can just come and be present with yourself. Um, and so things that I like to do, and I try to weave this in, I guess, to all aspects of um, our lives. Like um, I try, I always try to wake up and write in my journal. Like I always believe that giving gratitude is like a huge part. Like when you start to sit down and think of all the things that you have to be grateful for, even in the midst of a, of a pa- pandemic, <laughs> um, you start to realise how much um, like how beautiful life is really and yeah I think starting your day off like that you know just writing three things that you're grateful for and usually you tend to be grateful for so many more you find um is a beautiful way to start the day and like just by turning the the cell phone or the phones off and you know just not having that as your first kind of point of contact is really helpful to start your day and then I guess throughout the day, like I always have my yoga mat sort of rolled out somewhere in the house and I find if the kids kind of like take some little moments to find little projects or whatever and maybe my baby might sleep and, you know, I might find 15 minutes to just have a little gentle stretch on the mat, I'll do that. Or, you know, I have my books kind of sitting around the house, a few books <laughs> always on the go. And I might just read a passage or two out of, you know, any book that it, it doesn't even have to be like a spiritual book. It could be any book that kind of creates a feeling of um, being present and, you know, kind of feeling of sustaining myself and enriching myself. Um, and I might just read something and, Um, I always love, you know, if I'm cooking to, you know, be infusing love into the food that I'm making and, you know, might have some like music or chanting going on while I'm cooking um, or, you know, might be listening to a podcast that I love that feels like, you know, it's serving me at that time Um, or just even moments of connection in nature. I find, you know, just going out putting your hands in the soil or doing some gardening or, you know, for everyone, I I think yoga as well is not just about these postures on a mat. You know, we get really kind of caught up in, um, I find this a lot when people first start yoga, like they've got to look a certain way, you know, Mm -hmm. this pose looks like this. And actually yoga has become less and less about these postures like the, the this physical practice is really important to keep our bodies flexible and our minds flexible but it's about being present in your life and the relationships in your life and about i think really being able to step into your truest power um and to live the life that you want to live in a really harmonious way and for everyone that's going to look really different i guess um but just creating those moments of connection to yourself and honouring that spirit within you throughout your day, every day, I think, is the main um, blessing of yoga. You know, it's just to yoga is playing out all the time. It's a way of life. It's not just uh, this, this kind of thing, this exercise regime that you might do. It's less and less about that the deeper you go. So, mm, Great. Right. 
I think it it uh, well goes back to you'd mentioned earlier the self care that's very important, and I know you you'd said this. And I'm not, I don't even know if I had actually we were recording when you said this or not, but it really stuck out. Planting you're planting seeds of things that you want to grow in your life, and when you're talking about taking those moments, you know, with yes, whether it's in the morning, the journaling, doing just three short bits of gratitude, or you know, having your yoga mat with you throughout the day and taking fifteen minutes, or if the baby's sleeping, um, you know, those little those little pieces that those are the little seeds that you're planting right there. Absolutely. Yeah, I think at this time, one of the biggest things that has sort of um, come up for me is, you know, our energy is so precious. And like we were saying before, you know, you can choose to kind of be um, overwhelmed in a way by all this information and um, that's kind of being presented to us. And we're so lucky to be able to have all this information. But sometimes it's really important to know when you've had enough and you need to sort of just Mm be. And I think, you know, one of the things I'm really learning is about focusing that energy into what it is that I want my future and the collective future to look like. And I think we all have that power to be able to create that deep change. And I think that's one of the things with unschooling as well. You know, it's felt really aligned with myself and our family because, it feels like we can create this deep systematic change through making a choice to educate our children in a different way and teaching them and allowing them um, the space to learn about things that I feel are really important, like our connection, our connection with the earth and with nature because all these things are intertwined and I really want to focus my energy and plant those seeds right now in this time, this kind of time of, it's sort of like an incubation period, you know, where we're going to come out of this at some point. And what have we been sort of cultivating in that time, you know? And like I said before, I do, I think everything, um, you know, like everything has a, a light and a dark, there is an opportunity to, to grow and there's an opportunity to yeah plant those seeds and the and the vision for what you want the future to look like and put channel your energy towards that Hmm. yeah yeah there is it's it's funny that you mentioned incubation because i don't know if i don't know if i told you that we have chicks hatching right now yeah (laughs) So so and we our, I mean, our old flock of hens is, we only have two left from them. I mean, it's where we live, wildlife gets to your other, your animals a lot easier than some other places. But yeah. <laughs> um, so before our hens would just, you know, they would sit on the, they would be broody and they would sit on the eggs themselves. But this time we have an incubator and it's on right now downstairs. And um, yeah, I thought about, you know, they're, you're in this heat in this process, right? Where inside this egg, you're growing and hopefully you know you're forming in the way that you need to to break out of that shell and really become like it's rebirthing in so many ways into something new right into a new version of yourself a stronger version of yourself even as well and it is it's it's a period of um transformation and you know i think being able to learn how to flow in our lives and you know that's one thing I can see with our children from an early age because I guess they don't have that conditioning in a lot of ways of um, 
having to just conform to 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 certain ways of being um in the world they have this freedom um that's it's becoming more and more obvious the older that they get because I guess you know when we're all children like small children we all have that sense of playfulness and um but as we get older we sort of get conditioned out of that and um you know I think it's a beautiful time to yeah just notice those things and be able to create um and and that transformation exactly yeah and creative flow within your life Mm -hmm. yeah I think there's something that you just said that we should probably talk about too in case anyone's missed it but I think it's actually an important point and it also ties back to when you're talking about for your home home like unschooling or natural learning environment giving the time to do things time to learn and grow but you just said because playfulness playfulness gets conditioned out of us mm, and i much. think that yeah yeah and you know it it's still important it you know, i think yeah a lot of us as adults were no longer playful we lose that completely <laughs> yeah but it's still so important to our being and I think um, that's what I was saying as well about my husband and I being really deeply inspired by, by our children and their um, creative natures and their ability to um, just create and go into things so deeply and, like, immerse themselves. I, I remember, you know, watching my children just being like, oh, I want to be able to do that, like, and remembering <laughs> that I once did and why am I not doing that, you know, again. And so that's also inspired this path of study in my life. Um, and also, I mean, a big thing that's sort of I, I love art and, like, I've always wanted to do art, but at school I, um, I remember in year six I had this teacher and she was a brilliant artist and she really brought that out in me and she helped me see that artist that I was and then I went into high school and it all became about grades and competitiveness and I lost the love for this art and I actually just stopped doing all these things that I loved because it became about competition and you know that's what I was saying about my own journey being um you know pushing children to 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 be something or do something for me that wasn't the case it didn't make me become better it actually made me retreat and um and so I never did art like I just stopped doing it and you know then at like 30 I just was like I'm gonna start painting (laughs) and I'm not Mm -hmm. a particularly amazing painter or anything like that but I just love the feeling of doing it and um I love being lost in creative processes like I'm a very creative person and I just realized I just stopped doing that because I thought I wasn't good enough. And that whole, and I actually realized how many things I had stopped doing because at school I wasn't the top of the class or I wasn't in the top tier of the class. So I mustn't have been good. So I just shouldn't even bother trying, which is really sad when I think about that because there was so much missed opportunity um, because I thought what was expected of me, I couldn't achieve that. Um, Mm. and you know, I often wonder like, what if I, um, and my husband and I talk about this all the time. Imagine if we were unschooled, like who would we be now? (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, it's just so freeing. Um, you know, 
and you know you can see I, I guess when you do start to um tap into homeschooling communities and meet more families that are living in this way you can see how free the children are um to share their passions with you and like they love chatting with you about what they're doing and what they made and you know just having all this time to delve deep into these projects and they're just all so interesting like I I kind of just love sitting there chatting with all all the kids friends because they have so much um so much depth and knowledge to share with me so it's amazing an absolute joy it really is it's just it's really hard I feel like it's really hard to translate it until you kind of experience it and I guess it's really hard because it feels so like it takes a deep amount of trust to sort of jump into unschooling I feel especially when you've grown up in this traditional setting um but then once you start to trust it you really start seeing it unfold and you it's like you've got to see it to believe it um you just need to find the courage to jump in and try it (laughs) yeah 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 trust and courage absolutely yeah that's right so maybe we can also talk a little bit more about, because you had talked about self-study, uh, along yeah. with playfulness, being a continuous learner as well. And I know, and I haven't, you know, you and I personally on you know, outside of this interview haven't had a chance actually too much to talk about um, being in, going into doula, being a doula. And yeah. it's a very unique program from what it sounds like. So, you know, how did you find out about this? What drew you? How is this how is this going to further support your community as well? Tell me more. I want to hear more and I and and I think it's yeah, I think it's very cool. So, I'm so excited um about this. So, I I guess really like everything, all of these things um, that I'm kind of chatting with you about, yoga and unschooling and doulering, these have all sort of come from these personal experiences that I've had. And um, I recently, 10 months ago, I gave birth to my son Ziggy and um, I chose to have a home water birth, which was like an amazing experience, really has changed me to the core of my being and I chose to do um, a postpartum period of 40 days afterwards where you stay at home and um, you basically are just connecting, using that time to connect as a family. Um, In traditional settings, you know, you would usually have like your mother or um, family around you where they would help cook and clean and look after you. So it's mothering the mother, this postpartum time Mm -hmm. um and I chose to do this a bit differently I guess um you know like everything you learn with each child and you evolve as a woman and a mother and so I didn't really have a lot of knowledge about um birth or postpartum when I fell pregnant with my eldest child and so I sort of was like thrust into this alternate universe (laughs) and uh so this time it was a lot more conscious um in how I wanted to set that time and space up and heal myself. Um, And in my studies of yoga, you know, Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga and it's something that, again, I implement in my life a lot. Um, It's a holistic health system um, for the individual and they have a, a, a period of 40 days after the woman gives birth 
um, this sacred window period and, you know, you eat certain foods, you massage the body and it's about bringing the woman back into balance and caring for the mother so that she can connect with the child and the baby and be able to have a full milk supply, be able to heal. Um, and so I'm learning uh, currently to to do all of this for, for women because I just feel like it's a really, really important and um, sacred time in our lives. Um, and in Ayurveda they say, um, you know, if you cultivate this time in a woman's life, it lasts her a lifetime, you know. Um, and like we're seeing in modern-day societies, the rates of postpartum depression are, you know, rising all the time. Um, and like a, a lot of things, you know, women just aren't supported in that time in their lives. And a lot of the focus is put on the baby, which is very important, obviously, but not about caring for the mother so that she can best care for the child. Right. Um, and so this is all using through the Ayurvedic lens, so using herbs to support the woman, massage, food, like I said, and um, just holding space for her so that she can, especially a, like a new mother as well, to kind of just there's so much going on in that, that window um, and just to help her empower her to find what she needs in that in that time mm. you know when you're saying that I when, and what oh, and how you describe that as well caring for the mother so she can care for the child and it's pretty beautiful and it sets a great framework to do that from the very beginning because Absolutely. instead of you know it's that whole idea of even like going back to natural learning and self-directed learning when you know, or even understanding yourself going within going internally the earlier you do it it seems that it's easier to continue the practice and have that as you get older and grow instead of trying to start that later on and by doing it at this time with your new infant and upon you know with at birth and after it's really setting that example and framework from the very beginning that would be so powerful it so is and I think you know um, like we I really have this deep belief that you know we have this sort of sacred connection with our children that they have chosen us you know us mm -hmm. in particular to guide them through this lifetime and I really believe you know we all have this incredible deep bond um, with these children and they've trusted us enough to, to choose us. And, you know, I really think that motherhood is like a portal that we can go to the depths that we need to to explore ourselves so that we can start to be the version of ourselves to support these little amazing souls <laughs> who have trusted mm -hmm. us so deeply to take them on the journey that they need to. Um, and I think that starts, you know, right from conception, actually. And, you know, we live in a time where I, 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 it saddens me sometimes to think how unsupported we are as mothers um, and as parents, I think, you know, especially um, that, you know, we don't have that tribe anymore. We don't have that um, close-knit community where, you know, 
that space is held for the mother to kind of go into her intuition and trust what it is that she's feeling. A lot of the times, you know, we, we have these babies and we have these children, we're sort of taught to look externally for, you know, how to um, help them and fix them when actually really when we take the time through things like meditation and sit with what is and learn to sit sometimes with that discomfort um, of not knowing or whatever is sort of arising, that we actually have the answers within ourselves. Um, It's just learning to kind of tap into that intuition. And, you know, I actually feel, and I don't know if you've felt this, but it's like a guttural feeling sometimes that, you know, no, I really feel that I need to take this step with this child because this is what they need, you know, and it might not make sense um, to other people and, but you just know it's like a deep calling from within. And I, I think that that's a part of that sacred connection um, yeah. between a parent. And, you know, it does, it carries, you know, the, the sooner you're able to, to, to sort of connect with that, it, it just, it's only going to grow throughout the lifespan of your relationship with your children. Yeah. Well, I think so many times we, we because it is such a strong feeling and i don't think we always trust ourselves never mind trust our children so i think many times we might run away from it as well absolutely and and sometimes because that feeling is so strong you know it's it can be a little bit scary i guess to sort mm-hmm. of um yeah you know to to feel that sort of strong call, um, you know, and I often think like I remember when I first became a mom and, you know, the baby's not sleeping or whatever kind of issues are coming up and I'd start like looking for a book or looking for, um, you know, a professional or a doctor or someone else who could help me instead of actually just being present with what that child was needing in that moment and always looking externally and it took a while to sort of trust my intuition with that um and I guess that's the thing it's a process as well it's not just um and 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 a lot of the time intuition is sort of knocked out of us because as children I think we're highly intuitive again and then we're sort of you know sort of coerced into like don't do that or you know people kind of instructing how we should eat how we should do all these different things and so that intuition is sort of um, dampened and then Mm -hmm. you know we go through these rites of passage where we need to start tapping into that again and it's been a long time so we need to like learn to cultivate that again don't we yeah yeah we do yeah because we don't we our society has lost allowing it to continue and build and cultivate as we get older instead it's yeah it's cut off so it's almost like we're finding it afresh finding finding it like new exactly and I guess it comes back to that whole thing again of like operating from that place of fear versus trust you know um it it all kind of comes back to these same integral themes of um yeah like once you can I think it's you know all these feelings are, are completely okay to feel and they all serve us in some aspect of our lives like fear is not a bad feeling it's just only necessary in some aspects of our life at certain times and you know if we're always caught in that perpetual state of fear fear to make those choices that we need to as mothers as parents as humans then actually it's just stopping us from reaching our potential and reaching the state of being able to trust and lean into things and knowing that even if things don't turn out the way that we, that we intended or we had planned, 
that on the other side of that we're going to be okay and that there is something there that we needed to learn. Um, and I think that's really important to just really keep coming back to why why do we feel these feelings of fear and can we choose something different? <laughs> right, right, yeah, because many times we can. Yeah, that's right. So then maybe, uh, so I want to ask as well, so postpartum, the postpartum doula work, Arvedic postpartum doula, mm-hmm. it's after birth. So if you, you're supporting women once they give birth and after, not before? Yeah. So clarity on that. Yeah. So it's, it's after they give birth. Um, so in the first 40 days after birth. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, it, it's interesting because I know in North America and, and I'm assuming Australia, like you said, it's very much, uh, it's more centered on the child, which is still very important and less on the care of the mother. But I know like Ronan, my oldest son, he was born in Korea, in South Korea. And it was very different there. And the practice is very similar, I find, um, for Asia having that, you know, it's very much mother-centered. It was, and I was expecting it to be more like Canada, where it's very child-centered, but it was very much about make sure the mom gets a proper rest. Um, And they have as well the, I think it's like three months um, rest after Mm. Yes. And it's even, and, and they are very much, um, their, their belief is don't have anything cold as well. Yes. I, so I remember I, I, when I was, after I gave birth, we, we at the, we were actually in a, in a clinic in South Korea where I gave birth to Ronan and like the care was fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. They have a, a different semi, like semi-private system there for their health care, And, I was, it was hot. It was September. And so in Korea, it's pretty hot at that time. And I so wanted to open up the windows and have a cold drink of juice. <laughs> and I remember I'd open up the window and my nurse would come in and she'd close the window. <laughs> and I'd try and she'd leave and I'd open it. She'd come back in and close them and she would try and tell me like, don't let any cold, you know, keep yes. everything in here. And, and I had a little mini fridge, but it was empty because they didn't want me to have anything cold. And I asked my husband to bring me in some, and he brought me in this like really good pear juice that they had. And I put it in my fridge to kind of savor it and enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> and my nurse discovered it. <laughs> too funny. You got busted. <laughs> I got busted totally. And she took it and threw it away. <laughs> but That's she sweet. was, you know, it, I didn't understand. Like now I am understanding more of the process and the understanding of that. And, you know, my, my brother and sister-in-law are both doctors of Chinese medicine. So they've really exchange, explained a lot of it to me too. And, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, then, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And they have so much continuing care as well for, for mothers as well after. Yeah, it is. And I think you'll find in most sort of um, ancient or indigenous cultures that there will be some type of mothering the mother um, yes. postpartum, which, you know, when you really start to think of it, it makes sense because the mother is, is, um, she's able fully equipped to care for that child you know but if she's not supported in that role then she can't fully tend to the needs of her child and it just it it completely makes sense you know um we don't need anyone else to look after our baby except for us and so things like eating the right foods for our body and you know when you think of like the birth process it's such a huge process 
um, for the body and we go from being so full to empty in the matter of moments, you know, um, and so it's about being able to help balance the body from this huge change that's happened in such a short period of time because, you know, there's things like hormones um, and the body actually like contracting at that time. So, um, you know, there's the actual physical side of things and the emotional component and, you know, the energetic component as well. So, mm. um, you know, it, it, it there's a lot of wisdom in these ways and I guess, that again, it comes back to sort of, that idea that we don't have that tribe and our grandmothers and our mothers with us a lot at these times. You know, we live right. in in very different times. So um, to, to expect a mother to have a baby and then be like running a household, sometimes other children around and, you know, working, some people are straight back to work. Like it's a lot going on and um, we definitely need support in this time. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. So I think that also <clears throat> brings to a great, and I love that theme, actually. I love mothering the mother. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, and I know that's why, that's why I wanted you to be part of Look for the Helpers, because I think that's the important theme to me that stands out today is in this time of either isolation, uncertainty, chaos, overwhelm, it's still so important for us as parents to really mother the mothers so that we can help support those around us as well. Because if we don't support ourselves first and mother the mother, then we can't do those for, yeah. for anyone else who may be looking to us to do so. Absolutely. And sometimes it has to be quite radical. You know, we, I think, um, especially as women, like a lot of the women I work with, we find it hard to, and I still find it really hard to ask for help of like, could you do this for me? Because mm -hmm. I'm struggling right now, you know, or um, I'm really tired and prioritizing, you know, balancing so many different things at one time you know I know you're a working homeschooling mom like there's just so many things in 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 our lives now they're so full and the the beautiful thing I think about this period of time you know um although it's been like very traumatic uh experience I think collectively I also think you know speaking to people that we've realized that we can slow down and that we don't need as much as what we thought we needed. <laughs> right. um, yeah. And that there's such joy in the simplicity of just being present actually, you know, and I think, I think collectively we've sort of needed this, um, this forced sort of shutdown in a way to be able to understand that we need time to process how we want to keep living our lives. You know, we can't just keep going on this juggernaut of like train that's just going a hundred miles per hour. It's, it's not, we're not being productive and we're not being, um, we're not getting the best out of humanity this way. It's, it's yeah. not serving us and something needs to change. And, you know, I think even speaking to people around me who wouldn't necessarily kind of think in those ways or be open to sort of um, maybe like a slower way of living have sort of connected some of those dots and I think that's really beautiful to see, you know, like and, again, it's just those small bits of change that we can implement that like create such a huge shift um, on the bigger scale. 
Yeah. And take it with us as we move forward. That's Absolutely. An important thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, you know, I think I loved, because I want to ask you for those, if you have any other advice or tips for parents that are finding themselves at home and maybe they're feeling a little overwhelmed, they're worried about their children's learning, they're worried about what they're juggling, maybe they feel disempowered as well. And I know we've, you know, so we talked about self-care and mothering the mother. And I, I loved how, you know, gratitude Uh, remembering our gratitude to start off our day, journaling in the morning, taking bits of the day for a yoga practice or a movement practice, not feeling like we have to have that full hour of power in and wait for that, but to take those bits as we can as well and, and incorporate them regularly as well. And the best, the bet, my favorite actually was when you're talking about cooking infusing the love into your, into your food. I thought that was a great, you know, I just pictured you doing that. What are some other tips that you have for parents that are maybe needing, needing a little bit of help right now and, and support? Or maybe even if you can expand on some of those ones that you've provided. I think the biggest uh, piece of advice I, I would give anyone, um, you know, would be to do less. You know, we sort of start mm. off thinking we've got to do all of these things, you know, we've got to cover all these subjects or cover all of these things. And a lot of people right now who are who are homeschooling in this um in this climate have been forced into it in such a radical way and they've not had any time to process or research or find any support. So, you know, if I think of myself having to be thrown in and, you know, I've got an employer who's wanting me to still keep my job going and then I've got three kids, it's not sustainable. Like it's just not going to happen to try to create school at home and work your part-time or full-time job in amongst that. So I really think it's, again, an invitation to, like, trust your children, you know, and I think this has been a huge um, experience for them to process and put yourself in their situation. How much learning do you think is really going to happen when their whole worlds have been basically turned upside down? They're not allowed to connect with their friends or their extended family. They're confined into a space. Um their, their freedom of movement has been restricted. Their whole routines are out of out of whack, and you're trying to get them to force them to learn something. It's it's not a conducive environment for that. Um, so I think maybe you know starting your day off with a moment of, of connection with your children, like. Um, you know, maybe choose a book to read that you can all read as a family. And like we often do that, a chapter a day, and we just take that, you know, 15 or 20 minutes just to read a story. And, you know, um, you know, my, my, my son can, can read himself, but he just loves being read to as well and just creating those moments of connection. And you'll find that things start to link up, you know, as well, that, from that book, they might have heard a concept or something in that book that kind of clicks something in their little minds and then they go and draw a picture about it or build a structure about it or play, you know, creative play about it um, and actually, you know, test out what it is just to be and let them be in this moment. And if you still want to have um, sort of that structured learning environment, 
if that's something that feels really important to you, maybe picking out one or two key areas a day, you know, and spending like 15 minutes on each area instead of trying to cover, you know, all the subjects and all the, you know, scheduling um, that you have to uh, to do that and maybe creating a list as a family of like what are the main priorities if mum and dad need to get this work done, how can we all work together so that mum and dad can get this done and, mm. you know, then we can spend time with you and do something that you guys want to do together. Um, I, you know, I think communication is a huge, huge part of creating a peaceful family environment and you know it's okay if you have days where it doesn't feel peaceful and it doesn't feel like things have gone perfectly like you're just learning and trying to use that for the next day when you wake up and you've got a new framework and you can try again and you know just do the best like be kind to yourself (laughs) I think as well huge you know we all have parenting moments where where you know we think oh my gosh I can't believe I said that or I did that and we will continue to have those moments because we're only human but I think just starting to recognize okay maybe I can do this a little bit differently or you know I don't want to get to that point again so you know opening up that conversation and um, you know if your children are really little and you know, you can't have those conversations. Like I think it's really important to start those conversations really young and um, try and have the children be a part of the solution as soon as they can be, you know, as soon as they can talk really. Um, But, you know, maybe ask a a grandparent or um, a family friend or someone to come and relieve you for an hour or two if you can do that Um, or even, you know, watch a movie with the kids or do something that, you know, is all it's going to make you all feel happy in that moment and just reset. We have a little phrase in our family, um, which I find it really helps us. But um, when, you know, you can feel the energy kind of getting a bit crazy and everyone's needs are wanting to be met and maybe people are starting to feel frustrated, we call a reset and we just say reset and we just start again, like just stop and kind of, okay, let's move forward just like with a bit of kindness and compassion from here and just forget about what's happened for the moment and just reset. <laughs> and it tends to work. We just call it. It's like, okay, I'm calling a reset. And then it's like, okay. Um, and, and you know, usually what you're kind of feeling frustrated about is usually not, a, you know, a huge thing generally. It just tends to feel like it's a, a buildup of things that have kind of been happening over the day or the moments so just yeah I think just trying to find those little key things that you know you can be kind to yourself and um to give space for your kids to be processing this as well because I think it's it's a lot for them you know it's a lot for us but you know they have probably less emotional um tools to to draw on than what we do to help support them so Right. Yeah. yeah. And so many times we think that they are little adults and should be able to handle it. No problem. But yeah, we do. We forget that they probably have far less tools than we have. That's right. Yeah. And I think a lot's been taken away from them in this time as well. And um, we kind of, you know, forget, you know, how important 
sort of things are for them and it might not seem important for us, you know, to lose, uh, you know, being able to go to the park. It just it might not seem in the scale of world issues like it's really a huge thing but for their world it is a huge thing and, you know, they're grieving the loss of all of these things and, you know, they're trying to... Um, figure it all out with limited information you know they're just hearing bits of conversations and bits of news and you know no one's probably really informing them what's actually happening uh, <laughs> clearly <laughs> and um you know there's a lot of fear and anxiety for them as well so i think if if we can show compassion to ourselves we can then show them that compassion as well yeah that's right that's right thank you so much amanda i I, well, you know, I really love and appreciate you and thank you for sharing all of that wisdom. I I feel like I, if I could go back again and have more children and, and have you as my postpartum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. <laughs> uh, yes. To, yeah. To, to have that support and, and that love and care. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's a great groundwork to lay. Oh, thank you so much. And it's such an honor. Like I've loved this podcast uh, for such a long time. As I've told you, I think you do an amazing job. And I think it's just such a beautiful community and resource that you are creating. And, you know, thank you so much for having me be a part of it. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate that. And for those that are listening and they want to find out more about you, they would like to connect with you, they are maybe pregnant and they are looking for a doula that will help support them, how can they find you or reach you? Yeah, so there's a few places you can reach me. Um, I document our uh, unschooling life on Instagram uh, under teaching them to chase the sun. Um, and then you can connect with me on Facebook. I'm Amanda Kermy, or I've got a group for um, any mothers that are wanting to join as well called Awaken Through Motherhood, uh, where I um, interview women of um, sharing holistic um, tools and um, we do lots of uh different sorts of healing um, and just creating community, a place where you can share and um, just be heard as well. Um, so that's Awakened Through Motherhood on Facebook. But, um, yeah, you can connect with me privately on Facebook as well through my personal account, Amanda Kermy, as well. Okay, I'll be having okay. an email, a, a website up soon, but it's just in in process at the moment so it's coming but if you if you tap into any of those it'll be on there soon so <laughs> okay oh fantastic okay and I'll add those in the show notes as well uh, your Instagram and your Facebook and then um, for anybody Amanda Kermi is C-U-R-M-I if you're looking for her on Facebook that's how you can find her in that spelling so but I'll link all of that too perfect thank you thank you so much thank I am um, yeah, it was great to talk, and I'm looking forward to seeing you in yes, person sometimes there too. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs>